Hi, this is Zach Milliron for FL Teams, and today is another great Florida Gator show. We have some content to cover today. The Gators had their second scrimmage of the fall this past Saturday, and then Billy Napier actually had a press conference on Sunday. So first we're going to get to a few things that came out of that. And then we're going to touch on uh, the SEC as a whole with football and what they're planning to do. And we even have a game this weekend coming up. It's week zero. And then we're going to finish with a little Gator basketball news. So a lot of great info coming your way in this Florida Gators show through FL Teams. So, like I said, Gators had their second scrimmage of the fall camp on Saturday. Um, you know, really Billy Napier just went on about how he sees a lot of improvement between the first scrimmage and the second scrimmage, which is always good. He sees guys that maybe were making some mistakes before aren't making them now. Um, he wishes that the offense would have, uh, uh, I'm sorry, he wished that the defense would have uh, played a little better, but he was also happy that the offense had a more positive yardage and, and points in the red zone. So even as he pointed out, you know, when you're scrimmaging yourself, one side's going to be a plus, one side's going to be a negative just because you're scrimmaging yourself and with the matchups and stuff like that. But, but overall, a, a positive experience. And I think, as Billy Napier said, you know, the Gators continue to improve. Uh, he also admitted, though, they have a lot of work to do until they play uh, Utah coming up on September 3rd. So, uh, you know, nothing overly big to come out of camp which is always actually great in fall camp. You don't want to hear big news coming out because it's usually negative. Uh, the one negative was that backup quarterback Jack Miller will be out five to six weeks after he had thumb surgery. Uh, Napier said that it's a similar surgery to what Drew Brees had on his thumb, and but he expects him to be back hopefully by week three or week four at the latest. Uh, so... You know, again, another reason for Anthony Richardson to really stay healthy this year because the level of play behind him, especially with Jack Miller out, is, let's just say how it is, questionable at best. Um, those guys, Kitna and Brown, they don't have a lot of experience, uh, any experience. So it's imperative that Anthony Richardson plays plays well and plays and stays healthy. Now, is he going to change his game? Is he going to change... You know, getting out of bounds instead of taking that hit. I don't think you can do that. I don't think you can alter your playbook and plays to say to not let your best athlete be your best athlete on the field when you're on offense. But just something that the Gators are going to have to be aware of and be, uh, you know, with Anthony Richardson especially, with, you know, preparing his body uh, the correct way before games, adequate time in the training room, stretching, making sure hamstring, and all that is good so that he doesn't run into problems like he did last year. Because reality is, guys, if Anthony Richardson goes down this year, the Gators' outlook is probably a lot uh, a lot lower than even what the expectations are currently. And as I touched on in the last podcast, um, across the board, Florida, again, more, more projections came out this week. Saturday down south, we did one. They had the Gators at 6-6, six and 7-5. Six, and five. So again, not real high expectations for the Gators, but you know what? I say bring it on. Um, I think the Gators are ready to prove something. I think you know a lot of the players last year said that 
they know they didn't play their best brand of football and they didn't represent the University of Florida in the best light. And I'm I'm very excited. I know Gator Nation is very excited about uh, the potential that this team has, and and that's one word, you know, potential. This team, you know, they're starting 22. So you're starting 11 on offense. You're starting 11 on defense. Is really good. They have some great players. They have some game-changing players. Uh, Ricky Parasol got hurt earlier in, in fall camp. He will be back for the Utah game, looks like, which is a positive sign. Um, if you go down the roster like we kind of did last in the last show, starting 11 on each side, the Gators have some players. They have guys that are going to be playing in the NFL one day. The issue is going to be, and this goes back to the previous regime with recruiting, is the ele- the 11 after the starting 11. Okay, So as Billy Napier was talking about in his press conference, for away games, you, know, you, you can dress 70 and bring them. What are your best 70? And after the 22, there's some major drop-offs on certain positions. Now, some position groups, running back, very strong. Gators have a very strong running back core. Okay, uh, quarterback they have Anthony Richardson. You know, uh, and, and and not a lot of experience behind him. Receivers, same kind of deal. They have Ricky Pearsall. They have Xavier Henderson, Trent Whittemore. All right, but but outside of that, they're going to need young guys to step up. All right, um, offensive line, as we touched on in the last show. They feel really comfortable with, with eight guys and definitely with their starting five. But as you know, the SEC is a physical conference. All right? Utah, very physical football team. Then you have Kentucky. Okay, two physical football games right off the bat. If the Gators sustain injuries on offensive or defensive line, um, that's not going to be good for them. So, again, when we're talking starting 11 on each side, Gators have some of the best athletes in the SEC. 11 starting 11 but after that there is a significant drop off which is why much is being made of the tremendous recruiting that Billy Napier has been doing for the 2023 class and the 2024 class even um, you know how he signed Ernest Graham's son out of Atlanta for the 2024 class linebacker four star signings like that or I should say commitments like that because no one signed anything commitments like that are really big. Um, Gators are top 10 in recruiting right now. Obviously, that could all change. You know, you hope what happens is the Gators can win some games. They can win some big games this year, and that recruiting class goes from top 10 to top 5, and they can get snag some of these two or three five-stars that are looking at the University of Florida. So, again, you know, Gators haven't played a game this season. Right now, um, it, it's all positive. I think they're ready to prove prove some some people wrong. Uh, going back from last year, when people said again, they had that team meeting during summer workouts, when uh, you know coaches that on staff currently that have coached at other SEC schools told the Gators what other teams thought about them, how they were soft, how they were poor tackling, how they were undisciplined. Billy Napier is trying to instill. That discipline. Okay, even if it's guys wearing all white socks and black shoes, it's still discipline. And he's instilling that. And I think that's going to transition to not having 
a penalty every 8.9 plays like the Gators averaged last year. And the Gators, like I said in the last show, had led, had been in top three in penalties in the SEC for several years out of the last 10 years since 2010. That cannot happen. I think we're going to see a lot more disciplined football team. And I, I'm hoping that translates to uh, better play and better results on the field. But we will see. So more off the field, uh, as everybody follows the Gators know, the Heffner uh, Football Training Center has opened up. It is contributed and made huge differences to not just the current players, but also the spike in recruiting. You know, even something as simple as the guys before would have to take mopeds or scooters to practice or walk long mile stretch from where the football headquarters were to the practice field. Gators don't have to do that anymore. Everything's right there. Practice field is right there. Uh, it cuts out that unnecessary time of travel, which might not sound like a big deal, but in college athletics, every second is critical. And if you can get from point A to point B in 10 seconds instead of you know, 20 minutes, that's a huge time saver in, in a college athlete's life and in the coaches' lives. So great, great with that. Training Center um, is going to provide, uh, definitely gets Florida back on that par of other schools in the SEC like Georgia, Alabama, Texas A&M, Tennessee. It gets them back on that level playing field with them and that they lacked for several years. Um, the Gary Condren Family Dining Hall opens on Wednesday, and that's huge because that affects all Gator sports. All, Gator athletes of all sports will be able to come there, have meals. Um, you know, I, uh, I wanted to let you know, you know, Jeremy Foley, they're dedicating a portion of it to him. Longtime former great athletic director at Florida that really instilled that, you know, we're all one team at the University of Florida. All the sports, all the coaches, uh, he, he would even have, you know, quarterly or monthly coaches meetings. Not many universities do that. And coaches would, would root for other programs. Um, and one of the things in the dining area that you're going to see is uh, banners for all the sports and, and SEC championships because that's a big deal at Florida with that all-sports championship mindset and really carrying that out. And now the athletes can dine together. You know, you might have track, track athletes going to more baseball games. You might have more baseball players going to more bat, women's basketball games. Again, it's that crossover effect of building that Gator Nation within the athletic department and that unity, which is, I think, fantastic. Um, it really will pay dividends, I feel, going forward. Not having it separated, but having everybody on the same team. Uh, you know, something funny that happened about a week ago was the University of Kentucky. You have Mark Stoops and you have John Calipari going back and forth on Twitter and in the media about whose program's better, whose program brings in the most money, are we a basketball school or a football school? At the University of Florida, that's never going to happen because you see that unity between the programs. And um, that's just something great. And as a Gator fan, as Gator country, we should, we should really appreciate that and what the athletic director, Scott Strickland, is doing, what Jerry, Jeremy Foley has done in the past, all great things. And this training center, this uh, you know, food center uh, 
is really going to continue to pay dividends later on with the dining hall and all that stuff with getting everybody on the same page and being uh, Florida Gators. And, and recruits like that too because remember, if you're a football recruit, right, you're gonna, you'll are gonna you probably go to a football game, but you also might go check out a basketball game and see the atmosphere with that. If you're a basketball recruit, you're definitely going to a football game to check out the atmosphere and that. If you're a baseball recruit, you might go to football or, or uh, basketball. So again, these sports feed off of each other and, and, and the uh, fandom helps with recruiting for all the sports. So I want to transition uh, to looking at the SEC as a whole. So this is technically week zero coming up. There are several football games. I believe there's 12 football games this week coming up. This coming Saturday. There's one SEC game. Vanderbilt travels to Hawaii. Now, Hawaii is in complete rebuild. Um, they just got funding to build a football stadium. They're currently playing at a site that's not on campus, not at a uh, collegiate football stadium. So, you know, Vanderbilt could really go over there and, and get a win. Um, Clark Lee has been saying some great things, and, you know, I know this isn't a Vanderbilt show, but they are in the SEC, and they – Hopefully we'll go over to Hawaii and represent the SEC well this weekend, but, but we will see. That game's at 10 o'clock on Saturday night, so, uh, you know, see what happens. But, um, so that's the only SEC game this week. But off the field, uh, it was reported this week that the SEC is looking at having nine conference games once Texas and Oklahoma join the conference for college football. So... What does that mean? It looks like they're going to go to three permanent opponents and have six rotating opponents. And that way everybody gets to play everybody um, in, in, a, you know, in a normal amount of time. You're not going to have a case what has been going on now where Georgia has never been to Texas A&M for a conference game since they joined the conference. Um, where Florida will be going there this year for the third year in a row. Unbalanced, unfair, call it like how it is. So with these three permanent opponents and six rotating, that will not happen anymore. So it begs the question, Florida fans, what three opponents do you want to see? Um, obviously Georgia. Georgia is probably, probably a lock. Uh, we talked about the game in the last show. And then really the other ones are kind of up in the air. You know, do you do a Georgia, Tennessee, and then a South Carolina or Kentucky? in there? Do you do a Florida, LSU, South Carolina, or Kentucky? Do you do a Florida, uh, Georgia, Auburn, and then a South Carolina or Kentucky? Because there are going to be four teams in each pod, as what they're thinking of calling it. So again, uh, you could have Auburn back as a permanent rival. You could have LSU stay as a permanent rival. It all kind of, there's a lot of moving pieces because, you know, if you just quickly think, so Alabama has long-standing rivalries with Auburn and, and Tennessee. Could they also have one with LSU because that's gotten big the last decade or so? Absolutely. But again, they want to have balanced pods too. So you're not going to put all, you know, the historically uh, big-time you know, great football programs in one pot and then have a pot of South Carolina, Vanderbilt, and Kentucky because that 
that's not going to be fair, you know, uh, that way either. So some juggling that has to go around. But I, I think Georgia will definitely be in there. I think it's a toss-up between Auburn or LSU. And then I think it'll be, you know, Tennessee, Kentucky, or South Carolina, one of those. Um, but the good news is with the six rotating opponents, Florida will still get to play the other, other schools in a timely manner. So it's not like you're going to go, you know, eight years without playing Tennessee if they're not in the pod or eight years without playing LSU if they're not in the pod. Um, you know, I would love to see Florida, Georgia, uh, Tennessee, and, and LSU. I don't think they're going to do that because that's a lot of uh, top-heavy teams in that pod. But, you know, for me, that that definitely, when, when you have Georgia and their Tennessee and their LSU, those would be big games every year. Um, but I also see it the other side with competitive advantage and having an even fair playing field where you might see uh, Florida, Georgia, uh, you might see uh, a South Carolina or Kentucky in there with an Auburn or an LSU, but not all of them. So they're hoping to have all that finalized before the 2022 football season is over, and as soon as they do, I'll be sure to bring it to you here in a show uh, through FL Teams. You can follow the show on FL Teams YouTube, FL Teams on Apple Podcasts, FL Teams on Facebook and Twitter. So let us know your opinion. What three permanent rivals do you want Florida to have on their schedule going forward once Oklahoma and Texas join? We'd really love to hear your opinion on that. So transitioning a little bit, so we talked a lot about Gator football and the SEC with football coming up because Florida and Utah kick off in about 10 days. September 3rd is not that far away. Like I said, there's college football games being played this weekend coming up week zero. So Florida Gator football is here, folks. But in case you haven't been following, Gator basketball also has a new coach on, in Gainesville, Al Golden. Uh, he was hired back in March. He's been really hard at work. He's a big analytics guy, and he's really big with looking at the numbers and and looking at trends and all that good stuff. And uh, he's definitely brought a lot of excitement and a renewed hope into Florida Gator basketball. Uh, just Tuesday, actually, he signed a 6'10 German freshman forward, Alexis Schrenzik, from Germany, uh, to the upcoming 2022 class. So he will be eligible to uh, practice starting in October when the Gator basketball team really starts fall practice. And uh, he'll be eligible to play when the Gators open up basketball season on November 7th for Stony Brook. So again, basketball season is a little far off, but just want to bring you that news. Uh, you know, uh, Coach Golden has been meeting with Billy Donovan, who Billy Donovan, uh, legendary Florida Gator basketball coach, I believe the court is even named after him. So pretty big deal. It's great that he's getting advice from him. Uh, just like Billy Napier is uh, getting advice from uh uh, the old head ball, head ball coach, Steve Spurrier, you know, um, head ball coach Steve Spurrier right there in Gainesville. You know, he, he has a place in the football offices. So why not? Uh, Napier has, has admitted as much that he's reached out and that the two talk a lot. And uh, that can only be mean great things for not just Florida Gator football, but 
Florida Gator basketball with Al Golden with with getting uh you know just just some tips and and info from uh, Billy Donovan and and even Jeremy Foley hanging around with Scott Strickland you know all great things for Gator athletics as a whole so again just wanted to bring you these latest developments you know we talked about Gator fall uh, football scrimmage touched on a little bit about the SEC with them most likely going to nine games once Texas and Oklahoma joined the conference. Uh, Gator basketball with Al Golden. So a lot of great things. And um, we look forward to bringing you future great things on this Florida Gator show. Uh, so how the show is going to work going forward is once football season starts, I will provide an opponent preview midweek, early to midweek. So the first one will be first Utah. And then we'll have a post-wrap-up uh, episode, usually on Sunday or Saturday or Sunday, uh, Monday, you know, uh, one of those days as far as we'll break down what happened in the game, uh, win or lose, and we'll look at different things around the league. So again, exciting to bring all this Gator content to you through FL Teams. Um, I also have a Tampa Bay Lightning show. So if you're a Tampa Bay Lightning fan, make sure you check those shows out. Make sure you check out all the NHL Tampa Bay Lightning content as well as the Florida Gator content on flteams.com that I provide. And uh, we also have a lot of other great contributors that provide content on all the other teams in the state of Florida. So stay locked in for all the teams in the state of Florida through flteams.com, FL Teams on YouTube, FL Teams on Apple Podcasts, FL Teams Twitter and Facebook. Until then, this is Zach Mailiron. I hope that you've enjoyed this show. Go Gators!